Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Carter to the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. Already had a fast and furious first hour, man. That flew by. The breaking news that happened right before we took off or signed on to the show today was the fact that the Jets and the Packers have agreed to a deal, trading Aaron Rodgers to the Jets officially as we knew it. It was going to happen at some point, just didn't know when. It is a done deal. Records, just in case you're tuning in for the first time and didn't know, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, pick number 15, a 2023 fifth-round pick, which is number 170. The Packers get pick number 13, so the Jets and Packers swapped. A 2023 second-round pick, number 42, a sixth-round pick, number 207, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. So it's a pretty hefty haul, in my opinion. That means that the Jets believe that they could be a team that could not only get into the playoffs this year, but also possibly get into the Super Bowl. And so if that's what they believe and they're one Aaron Rodgers away, go get it. But uh, that's a lot, in my opinion, for a guy who every single year – you don't know if he's going to play or not. And I uh, got a couple uh, tweets that I wanted to pass along real quick about this situation. Andrew Brandt, we've actually had him on the show multiple times, a uh, real good dude, formerly in the front office of the Packers. He says, so let me get this straight. The Packers get a first-round pick swap in 2023, a high second-round pick in 2023, a likely first-round pick in 2024, at worst a second, a $60 million, financial, uh, $60 million financial obligation taken off their hands for a player that was never going to play for them. Again, So the Packers really made out like a bandit. And the one thing about that I, I'm still interested to see, and it hasn't come out yet, how much of that salary is the Packers going to pay? I don't believe that the Jets are going to have to play. I think they're going to restructure that contract. Uh, we've talked about it before that it was uh, you know something that was going to have to get done no matter what team decided to make a move for them. So I'm interested to see how much the Packers will be on the hook for and how much the Jets will be responsible. But then our good friend Ari Mayrov, my sports update from the 33rdteam.com, he put out a tweet that's very interesting as well. The Packers will have to decide on Jordan Love's fifth-year option by next week, May 1st. It's worth $20 million guaranteed for 2024, but he's been sitting there behind Aaron Rodgers since he's been drafted, and now it's time to make a decision on his fifth-year option. $20 million guaranteed, DeMond, and he hasn't taken any snaps that really are worth the salt or mean anything in the NFL yet. But you got to look about it. $20 million for your starting quarterback, that's a bargain. Right. It is. Hey. No, I mean, it, it is. Look it's the positive. It's, it's, well, yeah, it's, 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 one, it's one year. Fully guaranteed, but it's just crazy that they got to make that decision already, and they really haven't seen anything from him. Now, of course, they've seen practice. They, you know, they they obviously believe in him, or they wouldn't have been so eager to move on from Aaron Rodgers. But it's just crazy that they've got to make this decision by next week. Yeah, and like obviously, like you said, they got to believe in him. But Andrew Brand, I want to read this tweet too. This is one of the best days ever in Chicago Bears history. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. The Bears don't have to face Aaron Rodgers anymore. Nice, yeah, I but, like it. But with Jordan Love, like I really do think that they obviously believe in him because we saw a few years ago where it was the will they, won't they were Aaron Rodgers. Right. They were begging, like, hey, man, come on, come on back, come on back. But now they feel confident. Like, hey, man, if you want to leave, you can leave. Right. No, they were. They were ready to move on, clearly. So so obviously that was the, the scenario. And you know what's funny? Going back to the 2022 season, when, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt on Sunday Night Football, and I don't remember what week it was, but he got hurt on Sunday Night Football, and Jordan, Jordan Love came in. I remember a tweet, and I think it was from Andrew Brandt, who said whatever year it was that Brett Favre's last year was in Green Bay, he said he left the game on a Sunday night game due to injury. 
and he went to the New York Jets after that. Never played again for you know not never played again, but never played another season after this for the for the Packers. Went to the Jets, and so the same thing happened. And so he said, I remember Andrew Brandt saying something on Twitter about I would not be shocked if this is the same scenario for Aaron Rodgers. He won't play with the Jets uh, or play with the Packers another year. And boom, here we go. He's on his way to the Jets. So it's just kind of crazy how history repeats itself when it comes to Hall of Fame quarterbacks, the Packers, and the New York Jets. So Aaron Rodgers officially off to the Jets just four days away until the start of the NFL draft. So uh, one thing that I thought could happen on draft day happens before draft day. So I guess that gets that out of the way. They know that they're picking, you know, at, uh, the Packers know they're picking at 13, and the Jets know they're picking at 15, which is great for the Jets because they get that opportunity now to go and get probably an offensive lineman. Who did we have on the board? Who did Rich Samini pick at number 13 for the Jets? Broderick Jones. Yeah, offensive lineman. There you go. They got to get an offensive lineman to protect Aaron Rodgers so he could play that 65% of the snaps so they can guarantee that first-round pick to the Packers in 2024. But do want to get your thoughts on our question that we received from Logan and PA. He called into my Raiders podcast uh, voicemail line, the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line that I have, and left this message. And it's about this scenario that involves quarterbacks. And, of course, quarterbacks are always going to be the hot topic, especially when you start to hear C.J. Stroud may not be the guy that's going number two to the Texans when we thought for the longest that whoever the Panthers didn't take was who the 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 the, the who the hell is it? Texans would take. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Think about it, Q. Uh, who the Texans would take, and now it seems like maybe that's not the case and that they may go with a defensive player. So here's a question from Logan to PA. Q, this is Logan from PA. I just got finished listening to Friday's pod, and you were talking about Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker, and uh, I have a, a conundrum for you. So what would you rather have happen on draft day? Would you rather the Raiders – assuming all these things are available, trade up to two or three to get C.J. Stroud and give up future draft picks, would you rather them stay at seven and draft Anthony Richardson, or would you rather have them trade back and acquire draft picks to, say, maybe 17 through 19 and draft Hendon Hooker? So would you rather give up draft picks to get C.J., give up nothing and get AR-15, or be able to move back and get Hooker. Thanks, Q. Keep it up, buddy. So there was Logan in PA. That was the call that he sent to the the voicemail line. And so I want to throw that question out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line or the phone line as well, as long as we don't have a guest. It's 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. It's the don'tbebroke.com text line. The three scenarios. A, trade up to two or three for C.J. Stroud, but then you're giving up future picks. B, just stay put, let the board fall to you. Anthony Richardson's there at seven, give up nothing and get the quarterback. Or trade back, draft Hendon Hooker, collect extra picks at C. And, of course, D is none of the above. So we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts, Damon? What do you say? A, B, C, D, what are you doing? Oh, I've been on the Anthony Richardson bandwagon for about two months now, so I'm definitely going with B there because you don't have to give up anything. And I know people like to say, hey, trade back. You can acquire some more assets. But what, what would you really get? You, you'll pick swap with the team a little bit back in the first round. Let's say you gain a, a, like a second round and maybe let's say a fifth or a sixth, mm-hmm. something like on day three. I don't think it's worth, not like Hendon Hooker is not worth it, but for me personally, I would just rather take Anthony Richardson at seven. If that, if that's, you know, if that, right. if that's how the draft plays out, of course. If it, yeah, of course, if it plays out. And that's, that's the big if. That's the big speculation that we have. We don't know if it's going to play out like that. We don't know if he's even going to be available. He might be gone at four. Exactly. Right? I mean, again, this is something that we'll find out on Thursday. But Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. I would take Richardson, but I'd be surprised if he's there. I know Peter King has him going to the Vikings later on, but I don't see it. 
I'm thinking one of the two cornerbacks, uh, then trade into the end of the first possible. I'd like to see someone mock the last round. That is talent. Everyone does the first. LOL. Thank you, Q&D, for a great show. Grizzlies are in trouble but still have a pulse. Go Knicks. That's from Jim and Yonkers. And, yeah, I wasn't going to bring up those Grizzlies and their nine points that they scored. Look, it was Saturday night. And I'm watching, I'm watching the game. It's the second quarter. The second quarter, and they only got nine stinking points? What are we doing here? What happened? Do you have an answer for what happened? You know what happened, man? John Moran really couldn't get it going. I mean, they only lost by, what, 10 points? I mean, He had a hell of a game. Think about the comeback, though. I mean, for them to even lose by 10, come on. That's, that's a great, you know, you got to salvage something. To only lose by 10 points after scoring nine in the first quarter? What, do you only get a half a loss for that? It's ain't hockey where you get a point for a loss. <laughs> I mean, an A for effort, at least. Dylan Brooks going that extra mile to try to motivate the team. I mean, the team Dylan really... Brooks get kicked out early for some BS trying to— That was malarkey, by the way. Come on. He he was, was, he... I just said it was BS. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. But them not showing up at all early on, scoring nine points in the second quarter? Come on. Team really misses Steven Adams, man. That's what I was thinking about. The team misses something. Like what, what Dylan Brooks, where he hit LeBron, I think the team is missing some of those. They're missing some stones. You don't go out there and lay an egg like that, scored nine points going in the second quarter. Give me a break. That was terrible. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but Jim from Yonkers did it. Yeah, we'll go next. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, <laughs> yeah, they're, on the way, they're on the way of knocking the Cavaliers out, so we'll get into some playoff talk a little bit later <laughs> on the show. Geese Mode hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. And again, we'd like to hear from you as well, 702-365-9200. The fact that Ziegler himself is on record saying we aren't going to outthink ourselves gives me the most confidence in the staff. This was our problem over the last two decades or more, and the current staff is turning the ship around with the 180. They have identified and are aware of the issue, so I'm fully on board with these guys, LFG Raiders. So that's Geese Mode. He says he has all the confidence in the world. And I'll tell you right now, this might be blind faith, and if it is, I'll come back and say that I was completely wrong. Something about Dave Ziegler when he talks, whether it was talking to us at the owners' meetings in Phoenix or just the other day, it just seems like he's got a calm, cool collective about himself where he really gets it and he understands what he's trying to do. Remember when we had Mike debate on last week when he said when Dave Ziegler yeah. says something – Take him at face value. Believe right. what he's saying. He's not, you know, blowing smoke, you know, trying to fake out everybody. And I'm believing him in that. Especially that's why I was thought it was so important to bring that not overthinking it clip to the show. Yeah. Because that is very important because the Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, that's an overthinking yeah. it pick. That's Facts. a trying to outsmart everybody type right. pick. Right. But then, hey, look at Dylan Parham. Christian Derisaw is gonna be a first round <laughs> pick, but you know what? I want Wood. I want Alex Leatherwood. He gonna be the next. Yeah, I mean that's and and I hate to you know be trying to make fun of it, but at this point that's all you can do is laugh. Yeah. I remember as an Alabama fan when he was drafted, I was like Leatherwood, Leatherwood at seventeen, Leatherwood. Yeah, that's one of those gifts that keeps on giving. And then of course we all remember the Cleve Furl. We remember the you know the face in the crowd. I mean there was so many over and over. And it's not these players' faults. It's definitely not. So I mean I don't I don't want to. I don't want to dog on Leatherwood or Farrell or Abram or Arnett or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, whoever. I don't want to really dog on them because it's not their fault where they're selected, but at the same time, they had no business being selected there. But Dylan Parham, a third-round pick, that's reading the room correctly. Right. Where, hey, this guy, he's got a lot come of burn. In. Got exactly. a lot of burn his rookie year. I like it. 702-365-9200. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Who's up next? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, fellas? Hey, man, I'm just so happy that you guys putting out all this stuff, man. It's it's a lot of stuff to to digest. I I just can imagine what y'all going through with all this stuff you and mine and putting everything together. I appreciate it, man, because just listening to every every day to all the stuff that's going on. Hey, um, my 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 thing on, and I told you if you're gonna trade up, 
in this draft, you better go get either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Bryce Young. Don't trade up for Anthony. I, I'm sorry, Demond, but that kid, he's good. But his his percentage, and I watched his games. Go back and watch his games, Demond. He was he his accuracy was terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. And I'm not knocking on the kid because I think you he can get better. <laughs> can he get better? Is that it, it, that's the facts? I'm not giving you something that's not true. It, the facts is his accuracy is not good, and I understand Josh Allen wasn't good with his, but his accuracy wasn't as bad as this. I just don't think he has enough game thing. We we cannot go with projects right now. We got to go with something certain. We and my thing is the kid from Oregon State, um, the cornerback. I think that's a solid pick. You can either take him and start building the defense a little bit. But my thing, and what I'm going to tell you, what I don't like is that we didn't take it. And I knew last year, last year we did a lot of uh, great things, getting uh, Devontae Adams and doing all this other stuff. But why we, why wouldn't you, this is a question you guys should be asking, why we didn't take a chance on getting Aaron Rodgers? To me, you just take a chance. You're in a division. You, you got the fourth quarterback in the division now, still. You had it last year. But my thing is, why didn't you take a chance? You got to take a chance. On, 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 on. We should have tried to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you, I don't think there's a bunch of picks that he – that's not a bunch of picks. I mean, it's, you gave up a number one. Number one picks are overrated to me. I think most <laughs> of your team – they are. They are overrated. Number one. Yeah, number one picks are overrated. A lot of them are over, Go look at – go back and look at the draft and see how many number ones where you got the second round, third round, fourth round guys are the, are, are the core of your team. Go look at it. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I'm not disagreeing with you that that the core of your team is not first round picks, but first round picks are very valuable. If for nothing else, they got that fifth year option ability. That's huge. Also, Raider fans, don't look at we. Why didn't we get Aaron Rodgers? The Jets had the fourth ranked defense last year yeah. and the 29th ranked offense. So that's why, right? Because when you have the fourth ranked defense, that's saying in the 29th offense. Maybe a quarterback would change some things around here. Right, and I do think, I know Raider Mac, you're saying that that, that haul that the, the Jets or the Packers got back in return is not a lot. I think it is for a guy that is not guaranteeing to play next year. Right, he's, playing to play, he's guaranteeing to play one year. And on top of that, the Raiders clearly, and, and Dave Ziegler and company, obviously believe that they are not one Aaron Rodgers away from being a Super Bowl champ. That's yeah, for me, thing. even if it is just that one year, they're thinking, hey, we're a Super Bowl contender, right. at least for this year. Because we'll I liked it. it I floated the idea out there. I floated the idea of, hey, you know, they got Devontae Adams, get Aaron Rodgers, that'd be great if it's reasonable, right? When this whole thing, remember we had Peter Bukowski on, and he's like, this is how you could do it. And I was like, all right, sold. If it's reasonable, let's do it. Even if it's not reasonable for me, the Raiders aren't an Aaron Rodgers away, though, to right. me. Well, see, I was in. I was in on going and getting it done if it was reasonable. I don't think uh, a, a pick swap. I don't think a number six, uh, a, a number, a second round pick, number forty two overall, a sixth round pick, number two hundred seven, a conditional twenty twenty four second round pick that because of one, if he plays sixty five percent of the plays, I don't think that that's that's I don't think that that's reasonable. I think that that's a lot for a guy that's year to year. That's just me. I, I mean, look, we know Dave Ziegler wants to build this team through the draft. He's got twelve draft picks to do it. We talked about it quite a bit here on the show. I think that that is is kind of a big haul to give up. But again, like you said, the Jets they had the fourth ranked defense. All the thing they didn't have was a quarterback that was worth assault, right? Now they got a quarterback that's going to the Hall of Fame. We'll see what he does. We'll see if he actually, you know, shows up for offseason condition workouts. You know, I'll see what he does there. But 
right now, I mean, they've got the best quarterback they've had in a very long time. Dexter in Oakland, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? I was going on. Um, I, I would like to get C.J. Stroud, but this team got too many holes just to give up draft picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like Richardson, but we don't know when he's going to play, especially with Jimmy G. We don't know how long he's going to play. But my thing is, if you was going to trade up to get Stroud, why even bring Jimmy in at all? That's on thing because I feel like Stroud would beat Jimmy G out for a job right now. That's what I. That's how I feel. But I still think you take the beat, the best defender. Okay. Uh, at seven, if you don't trade up, and Jalen Carter, I know it's a whole thing about his character and this and that. He changes his defense completely. We never had no. I can't remember the last time the Raiders had pressure from a defensive tackle position at all. Like I can't remember. And at some point. You know, hopefully later in the draft we finally get a linebacker because, I mean, I'm 35 and <laughs> the most notable uh, linebacker I've seen, Kirk Morrison, which is not saying much, and Greg Beaker. Like, right. it's like, can the 49ers just draft this linebacker real quick? <laughs> 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 but, uh, like I said, uh, like I said before, as long as we don't get no Jimmy D, we good. I'm, I'm good with it. Get somebody we know. Like it. I like it. Good stuff, Dexter. Thanks for the call. We do appreciate you. And Yeah, that's the thing, man. They easily could pass on the quarterback, and that's the thing about it. You know, I mean, get Jimmy G allows you to have that flexibility where it doesn't force you to do what you feel like you have to do. Oh, man, we have to go make the move for this guy. We have to do this because you have Jimmy G. So if the price of business is too high, then okay, cool. I'm with you, though, Dexter. I- I'd rather just sit there at seven, let, it come, let the board come to them, and if there happens to be a Richardson there, great. Take the shot at him. And if not, then go with the best defender. And you know what? Even if he's there at seven, maybe go with the best defender, depending on how they feel. Right? I'm just I'm just throwing out the scenario that happened to me when I was doing the Fitz and Harry uh, mock draft. All of a sudden, I saw Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, and Will Levis, and I was like, well, damn. <laughs> I didn't think this situation was going to pop up, but it did. So I went with Richardson. But that doesn't mean that the Raiders have to do that at all. Uh, got a lot of good uh, got a lot of good texts coming through. This one's from the seven. 701. Uh, if, if Ziggy, I, uh, in Ziggy, I trust. If Anthony Richardson is not the guy, I hope that it is, uh, is the care of the Titans team would need to trade up and go get, and, go, and then we go get Porter Jr. and more. That's from Nodak Raider. Uh, so if Anthony Richardson is, is Ziggler's guy, then go get him. If not, maybe the Tennessee Titans. DeMond, maybe your team will trade up from number 11 to number 7 to go get him if he's available. Oh, man, that, that'd be the day I do a backflip in the studio. You can't do a backflip, dude. Yes, I can. You cannot on, do man. a backflip, dude. I'll pull up the proof, man. You cannot do I'll a pull, backflip. Pull up dude, I say that all the time. I use that go-to line all the time. I'll do a backflip, <laughs> and I know damn well I ain't no gymnast. I can't do nothing. I'll, man, you, you told me the other day you split your pants just trying to move. That, that's because of the the the, the tightness too of the damn pants. Tight. Yeah, yeah, that's too the, damn tight. But you give me some in some loose in some loose, you know. Can you imagine you try to do a backflip? You would rip this, pull that, turn that. During the would... commercial break, I'll tweet out a video of me no, doing a backflip. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. I refuse to allow that. To I'll, I'll I'll look through the Rolodex on the on the camera. Unbelievable. That's gonna be your little brother. We won't know the difference because you guys are the same height. But who we got up uh, next? My little brother's actually six foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> so I ask. Never mind. I don't even want to go there. I don't want to start that problem on the air. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Eddie in LA. Eddie, man, save us from ourselves. What's up, Eddie? What's going on, brother? And like I've been telling you guys for a while, we got to go defense. Defense, okay. defense. My, I, my, again, Jalen Carter. I understand the off-the-field issues and all that and going after players with high character. But you know what? The last three or four years, they did do that. I know this current, this current you know, uh, the chief of staff didn't do it. I Wrong thing, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. Uh, they, 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 you know, they, they're also talking about it, but 
they didn't get they, they weren't the ones involved in picking those so-called high you know character players that turned out to be not who they said they were so I'm going for giving this guy another another shot okay. one of it is the talent but the other thing if you really look at everything and put it all together I, I don't think that's enough for you to say that that person is not it, it can't be successful in Vegas I mean the the fact that um, we can't we haven't been able to push through games on defense alone and turnovers and the the lack of interceptions and everything you can on defense tells you the the more the best way to move forward with this team is to build that defense. It, they have to be able to build it, especially just that, that that to me in essence justifies the Jimmy the Jimmy G signing. Okay, because you put it you put a quarterback that you know you could you be able to structure a team around him to and, and him be able to be successful and win. Okay, he's not going to be able to uh, uh, take over games by himself, but I know that I know you have those shiny uh, shiny toys out there, potential that through the roof with Richardson, <laughs> but we cannot afford to swing and miss. Okay, especially the way the, uh, things are and how last year played out, and the way that, uh, McDaniel's is, is coaching history as a whole. He's really got to hit this draft. This draft is you almost got to get three at least three quality high starters out of this draft for, for you to say it's uh, successful. Uh, um, so you. You have to go that way. And, and one day I would say, Jamon, Memphis, it's over, baby. It's over. <laughs> Brooks shouldn't have, <laughs> Brooks shouldn't have opened the book. Shouldn't, shouldn't have opened his mouth. He was trying, He poked the bear. You know what? Brown was smarter. The rest of the team came out, put the smash down on them boys. You're lucky that they barely <laughs> lost by 10. They should have lost by 50. Ready Nation, stay up. Eddie in L.A. letting you know about your Memphis Grizzlies. You can't catch a break, Jamon. You can't catch a break. When you only scored nine points in the second quarter, you don't deserve a break. It was the first quarter. Yeah, but it was in the second quarter. The game was in the second quarter, and they still had nine points. Yo, that was a game. If they would have been a fifth quarter, the Lakers would have been in trouble. <laughs> That's Yeah, how about that? Yeah, how about that? That was pretty terrible. 325 is the time. Before we take a quick break and get to Sarah Ellison, we'll talk all things Ravens and make the pick for us at number 22. Got this text from Raider James. He said, hey, Q, Raider James here. Richardson cannot throw. Why do you want a quarterback who cannot throw? Take Hooker. He can make all the throws and runs great. Raider James there on our don'tbebroke.com text line. And I think that Richardson has a lot of upside. I think he has a lot of opportunity. He's very similar to Trey Lance, which many people have called in and said, hey, Raiders, go make a trade with the 49ers for Trey Lance. He's very similar to Trey Lance where he just doesn't have very much experience. I could be wrong. I could be wrong on Anthony Richardson. I really could be. I wasn't a guy that early in the process was real high on him to begin with. But... If they're not giving up extra picks for him and they have 12 total picks, I could see the team saying, you know what, we'll take a shot, let the guy sit behind Jimmy G, let him learn from, uh, from, from uh, Hoyer as well, and go from there. Again, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing about the draft. We, none of us know. There's not one guy. You can't tell me. You cannot name me. And you can hit us up on, on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r if you'd like to uh, disagree with me. There's not one guy in this draft that you could tell me is a safe pick that's guaranteed to be a good player in the league. Not one. You name me one that you can look at right now that you know is going to get drafted Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and you guarantee he's going to be a good player. I guarantee you can't tell me that and, and know it for sure. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.30 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. We have one Carolina Teague now in the building. She, uh, she made her way to Las Vegas from... The Lone Star State, just to 
just to check out the fight. And uh, you were very excited by the fight on Saturday, huh? Yeah, I was very excited for the fight. Fight of the year, <laughs> for sure. Finally happened. We will get all of Carolina's takes. She was at the weigh-in. She was taking pictures. As, as Damon was saying, she was talking her talk on Twitter. And you just said you were all you were fired up. Why are you so fired up? Why are you so angry, man? Because I was getting dragged the whole time. Because <laughs> I was getting dragged my whole the whole time the the fight was announced. I picked Tank from the beginning without a shadow of a doubt, and people were really trying to convince me that Ryan Garcia had a chance to win. Well, Demond just called him Instagram model, but then again, Demond also said he was going to do backflips. So there's <laughs> there's that. But we'll get into everything that you saw and thought about the fight when it came to Tank and uh, Garcia on Saturday night. I know a lot of people. Whoever was anyone was in town for that fight. There was, I mean, I saw everyone. I even saw on uh, Twitter. I saw Nelly and Ashanti were performing this weekend. How about that, <laughs> Nelly and Ashanti? You know it's official when those two are are performing together. Something major is going down. But the question we threw out there to you. On the don'tbebroke.com text line, it came from Logan to PA. If all these scenarios are available, what would you prefer the Raiders to do? A, B, or C, trade up to two or three for C.J. Stroud to give up future picks, stay put and draft Anthony Richardson, give up nothing, or trade back, draft Hendon Hooker, collect extra picks, or D, which is none of the above, go ahead and uh, and go ahead and get some defense or some other players outside of the quarterback position. So you can hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line and let us know about that. But join us now on the phone lines to talk about the Baltimore Ravens is our good friend Sarah Ellison, co-host of the Ravens Vault Podcast. And Sarah, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It's been a minute uh, since we've talked, but man, the Baltimore Ravens, they seem to be in all the conversation. Of course, it has to do with Lamar Jackson. So do you think that we'll get a resolution to the Lamar Jackson and his contract situation anytime soon? No, I wouldn't say anytime soon. I think that the draft needs to go by, and then maybe we'll see if no team, no NFL team actually gets a quarterback that, that they like, that maybe that would push them to try to reach out to him. Up until this point, there has been nothing publicly, privately, nobody even talking to Lamar. So, uh, But we'll see if somebody gets more desperate. There's that July 17th deadline where, he has to, where if he doesn't sign a long-term deal by then, and he can only do a one-year deal with the Ravens or somebody else. So I can see this uh, going until July 17th, and then if there's no long-term deal then, maybe it would even go even longer. You know, you mentioned something that I've been talking about for quite a while when it comes to Lamar Jackson. You said it could end up getting done after the draft, and I feel like that that's when a team like the Miami Dolphins come into play because they don't have that first-round pick this upcoming year, so they can give up multiple firsts after this draft. Do you think that kind of a team like Miami would really be intrigued following the draft? I mean, maybe they can. I mean, I have a feeling that most people are seeing what the Ravens are signaling to them, which is that the Ravens have done things. I mean, here in Baltimore, the front office does not like to kick the can down the road, meaning they do not like to push dead money or any kind of money down the future. They're very prudent when it comes to salary cap management. Like, they spend up to the cap but don't like to kick things down the road. And – I say that for context because for the first time ever, they started using void years in their contracts. They did it with the Odell Beckham Jr. deal. They've done it with a few other guys that are returning. Gus Edwards, a running back. The Ravens already have $32 million on their cap used up for Lamar because they have that non-exclusive franchise tag. They are ready to match pretty much any deal because I think the idea was well, Lamar, we can't quite agree on what the market is for you, so we'll go ahead and put this non-exclusive tag, and if somebody else wants to give you the value that you think you deserve and the market says it, then we'll go ahead and match it. But until then, we think we have the best deal on the table, and this deal from Jalen Hurts that just came out 
Ravens would have done that deal in a heartbeat. That was, in many ways, in terms of guaranteed money, they gave an offer to Lamar that was much better. And so they feel pretty strong about what they offered and are willing to see what somebody else might offer and are willing to match it. Sarah Ellison is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Ravens. My man DeMond's got one for you. When it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., you mentioned the void years that he has on his contract. But has he said or did he allude to, hey, he's going to be playing with Lamar Jackson this year? And then when it comes to the draft, is a receiver maybe off of the board for the Ravens in the first round now that they have OBJ? Yeah, so when OBJ did his introductory press conference, he was clear that Lamar never gave him assurances. He said, look, there's no assurances ever in life. But he also said probably three or four times that, yeah, of course, part of the reason why he signed here was the hope to play with Lamar. So there was no 100% guarantee. But I have a hard time thinking, even with the money he got from the Ravens, uh, there were were reports that came out. The second best offer was from the Jets. I think that uh, there was like a three or four million dollar difference, which you know is big. It's not like the Ravens beat them by one million, but I don't know if it's big enough to come to a place where there was no quarterback in place. So, and then you you see that the, the FaceTime and Lamar's the reports that Lamar went out to help recruit him, and that Lamar asked the Ravens to go out and try to get him. So again, there's no assurance, but I think that it I think that it shows that there's a good chance that if Lamar doesn't come up with a long term deal. He would play on that tag. Hey, you're talking about a quarterback. They've got a backup option. They've got a pro bowler sitting behind Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and he signed. <laughs> How confident would the Ravens be if Snoop was the starting quarterback going into the season? Uh, I don't I don't know how confident they would be. I, I wouldn't be super confident. Snoop, man, I love that guy. He's so likable. Uh, he's growing. In the eight starts he's played in relief of Lamar, he's lost five of them including that playoff game where, uh, man, the Ravens were so close to upsetting the Bengals without mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. And then when they did that uh, quarterback sneak at the goal line, it was designed for him to go low and kind of be a burrow play and then let all the offensive line and tight ends and fullbacks to push him through. But for whatever reason, he tried to jump over top and extend, and that was not the play that they called. It was the QB to go underneath, and even if he didn't get it, fine, but don't fumble it and let it go for seven points the other way. So um, I, I love I love Huntley. I don't want to speak him down, but the Ravens also reportedly went out and tried to find a more veteran backup, like Baker Mayfield, mm. some other guys. They knew that that would be a long shot because they knew he and a few others would be looking for starting uh, opportunities. So um, I don't feel particularly comfortable as much as I love him. I mean, every time Lamar has gotten hurt. They before that they're in playoff position. And then Snoop gets there. Either they miss the playoffs or one and done with, especially that play and that fumble. Again, we're talking with Sarah Ellison, co-host of the Ravens Vault Podcast. You're on Radio Nation Radio 920. Necessary roughness. Carolina's got one. Go ahead. Hi, Sarah. Uh, this is Carolina. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts just signed a five-year contract, $255 million, $179 guaranteed. And he was asked why he didn't take a fully guaranteed contract. He went on and said that it takes a village to make a championship team. Money's nice, but championships are better. Ravens fans then chimed in, and they were saying that uh, they pointed the spotlight on Lamar Jackson, saying he's pushing for the most fully guaranteed money as, as much as possible. And they were criticizing him for that. Do you think it's fair to compare him to Jalen Hurts in this type of situation? Well, I think it's I think it's fine to compare. That's what we do in sports. We can. I mean, everything is like compared. Players and compares. Quarterbacks are compared. That's just the name of the game. 
Lamar can certainly take that. He's not he's not soft. He's he's a <laughs> strong minded, uh, grown man that can take that kind of stuff. That being said, it's that type of stuff Jalen Hurts or the Tom Brady's that would take you know team friendly deals, and then the whole then of course fans want their quarterbacks to do that. Mm-hmm. I understand that from a fan perspective because they know that there's a salary cap and they want to get all the best players they can. That being said, I also don't fault you know players like Lamar and probably 95% of the other players, tomorrow's not guaranteed, and so you try to get the most that you can. I don't fault Lamar at all for trying to do what he was doing, which was to push you know this Deshaun Watson-type structure to go through. So far that hasn't worked. It doesn't look like it's going to work. There's been 10 quarterback deals um, since Deshaun Watson, three of which have been top of the market. So if he wants to wait out, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow and Herbert and see if anything changes there, that's fine. He can, he's got time on his side to do that for now. And, and he doesn't have to do what Jalen Hurts wants to do. So, and I don't fault him for that, but I also don't fault fans for wanting it. So this is just the name of the game. You've got to take that type of criticism, and he can handle that. Again, we're talking with Sarah Ellison here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, Sarah, it's draft week, and obviously, I mean, Lamar, when it comes to the Ravens, is going to be the biggest conversation, but the draft is here, and the Ravens have five draft picks, which is not a lot. So how do they navigate through the waters of what they need and what they can basically afford because of the, the little draft capital that they have? Yeah, well, the good news is, is the two prior years, the Ravens have had a bevy of draft capital. This draft, from you know, from the way it looks right now, doesn't look like a star-studded draft compared to past years. That doesn't mean that studs can't be found. But the Ravens, the Ravens actually have a pretty stacked roster. They do need. Uh, they're probably their biggest glaring hole is cornerback right now. I have a feeling once the compensatory pick deadline goes away May first, they'll probably sign a veteran. But I still think that they need a blue chip chip corner. Uh, across from Marlon Humphrey. Uh, they could still add a wide receiver. It's not as big of a need now that they got OBJ, obviously. Um, so, But having said that, five is still too few. I it would not be shocked at all. In fact, I think it would be the ideal scenario for Eric DaCosta to, to try to move back and accumulate a couple more picks. But obviously you have to have a trade partner. It takes two to tango. So as long as he can find... A trading partner, I think he's going to try to move back, especially because right around 22, I think there's like a cluster of players from different positions that are all kind of graded closely together, which makes for a uh, a great scenario to try to move back again if there's a trade partner. What is it about the Baltimore Ravens? I always feel like, Sarah, there's a few teams in the league that just get it when it comes to the draft. And I'm not saying every time they make a draft pick it's the best one, but I think they, more times than not, do a really good job finding the right talent wherever it is. First round, second round, later round, even Orlando Franklin. I think he was what? Or, or not Orlando Franklin, excuse me, uh, Zeus. Uh, he was Orlando Brown. He was, a, I think, a late third round pick or whatever, really good pick, and they, they ended up flipping him to Kansas City. But what is it about their philosophies, why they're so good at really identifying talent in the draft? Well, I think more than anything, they just don't allow themselves to get desperate. And so, like I just said, they really don't have massive glaring holes. Again, cornerback is the biggest you could point to. They try to go into the draft where there's to like stop themselves from being tempted to reach based off of positional need. They are very um, uh, disciplined when it comes to sticking to their board. They also have, you know, a phenomenal scouting department that has been led by Ozzie Newsom when the Ravens first came into uh, existence. 
Ozzy Newsom, he stepped down as GM, but I can tell you right now, he is still in that building every single day. He's still, I'm trying to remember his title, but he has a title. He took the previous owner's uh, former office, and then Eric DaCosta was taught from him from the beginning. It was like the first time he got into the NFL. So he's been learning under Ozzy Newsom for decades, and people were trying to get Eric DaCosta forever. So it's just this stable, disciplined scouting department that refuses to get de- desperate and sticks to their board because they trust the scouts and how they've trained them. When it comes to, you said that maybe the Ravens could be looking at corner, they have Marlon Humphrey, and he's a Pro Bowl-level player. Why? Wh- who else is in that cornerback room that they would need to improve on? Well, they haven't re-signed uh, Marcus Peters. Uh, Marcus Peters is coming off of that knee uh, from two years ago, and he really just didn't um, really – like, you know, return to the same old Marcus Peters. So maybe another year removed he could, but obviously he hasn't resigned with anyone yet. Um, They have a couple of um, last-year rookies. They got two, I believe, two fourth-rounders, something like that, who are, you know, needing to develop. So they definitely have guys in the system to develop, but they don't have that blue-chip guy. And you got to remember, the Ravens play the Bengals twice a year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you got – uh, I mean, they could add Kincaid. I mean, who knows? They got such firepower. The Ravens really like to build their defense with their corners. In fact, that's probably the position they always play the most year after year. Um, so they just need another blue chip guy. There's just too much firepower in that AFC North and the AFC. I'm- Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I've got to ask me, with the lack of picks that they do have in this draft, do, does the Roquan Smith trade now looking go, looking into the future, the trade that they made for him, did it make sense? Oh, 1,000%. Like, I can sit here and be like, you know what, that second-round pick was Roquan Smith because they re-signed him to a long-term deal. I cannot tell you, the Ravens' defense was already pretty good before he came. Well, he jumped in the middle of the season, immediately became a leader that wasn't like one of those leaders that's just loud, so you call him a leader. No, he earned respect immediately, both by his um, demeanor. I mean, he went on a trip to Japan with, like, the biggest studs in in the Ravens locker room uh, this offseason. Like, he's integrated himself so well. They trust him, plus he backs it up with his play. I'm telling you, man, the Ravens' defense went from good are great when Roquan Smith was added, and while everybody would love to have a second-round pick right now, it's like Roquan is that second-round pick, and he's locked in for another five years. You feel good about that. No doubt. I mean, he's a second-round pick. That's a first-round pick. I mean, every team could yeah. use a Roquan Smith. That's a hell of a pickup for the Baltimore Ravens. And again, we're talking with Sarah Ellison. Just got a couple more questions for you as it recurs, or it, um, it has to do with the Baltimore Ravens, obviously. What does the offensive look like now, in, in your mind, under Todd Monken now, now that he's taken over for Greg Roman? Yeah, I'm really curious about that myself. I don't know that I have solid answers because sometimes when you hear at press conferences, you actually have to see it being implemented. Um, but from what I do understand, and even OBJ you know, brought this up because he's played with Munkin before, it's not like the, the Ravens definitely want to help develop Lamar as a passer. In fact, Lamar feels like he wants to pass more. His fans that came over from Louisville will all tell you that he was in a uh, pro system there at Louisville, that he can do more than what the Ravens have asked him him to do in the the passing game. 
And so I believe that bringing Munkin in, I mean, Greg Roman, he's, I mean, one of the best coordinators when it comes to putting up a run game. But, I mean, there just was never, ever any consistency with the passing game. And people would criticize his route concepts. You know, I could go on and on. And so I think with Munkin, what he will bring, what the idea is on paper, is that he is able to marry that run game better with the passing game. Not that they'll abandon it now because Lamar brings too much in that area. J.K. Dobbins is coming back. He's going to be healthier than ever. you got Gus Edwards. I mean, this is like they put up historic numbers with these guys back there. They have an offensive line that can do it, everything. That being said, if a team has figured out how to shut down the run game, the pass game just hasn't been a big enough threat to keep defenses honest. And I think that Todd Munkin is here to change that. At Georgia, he was able to marry the two very well. He's very good at being able to take what's on the roster and implement it. And I know that it's good enough or that before wide receivers wouldn't come here, even if the Ravens were offering more money. And now, as soon as we have a new offensive coordinator, and OBJ has worked with them before, suddenly a star receiver like OBJ, and yes, he's coming off his ACL and he's a little bit older, but now it's like suddenly wide receivers aren't so scared to come here anymore. So I'm, I'm excited to see myself what that could look like on the field. Sarah, with the 22nd pick in the NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens select... I gotta ask a, a clarifying question because this is bananas to me. You just texted me that. What was taken? <laughs> Am I reading this right that Witherspoon has not been taken? Yes, you are reading that correct. I can't believe it myself, Sarah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Ask me why. Why do you want to say it and be like, "Oh, he's not even taken." Duh. So yes, I am going to take with the without trading back as much as the Ravens would like to with the number twenty twenty two the the twenty two pick is Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, a guy who can be rough and nasty at press corner, six foot, 181, bring him to Baltimore, <laughs> pair him with Marlon Humphrey, let's bring the Bengals in, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love the fire, I love the fire, and I'll tell you what, that's something we've been talking about, how long, DeMond, for about three four days now? Ever since we left the top ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ever since we left the top ten. But now Devin Witherspoon officially off the board, going number 22 overall to the Baltimore Ravens. Was there ever a, a doubt, like anyone else that you thought about besides Witherspoon? Well, I was wondering if Deontay Banks would still be there or Zay Flowers. And I was like, oh, dang, Deontay Banks is gone. I'm like, well, who else is gone? I was like, you're kidding me. The Witherspoon is still here. As much as I love Banks and Joey Porter, I mean, Witherspoon is number one on a lot of people's lists. So, uh, yeah, otherwise I would have wanted to trade back and maybe go for Emmanuel Forbes. Nice. Oh, I like him. That's one of my favorites. Don't tell anybody, Sarah. Keep him on the low. Keep him on the low. I'm trying to stash him. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. I know. Hey, good stuff. Ravens uh, Vault Podcast, what are you guys working on that we should be on the lookout for? Hey, so we do uh, we do a morning vaults every day that goes up at five a.m. But this nice. Thursday we are doing a four-hour live stream for the draft content. We got tons of guests, former Ravens players, the voice of the Ravens. Everybody's going to be on there coming in throughout the night. So that's what we'll be doing: a four-hour stream 
Thursday night for the draft. Man, you guys are going to be busy, but that is fantastic content. I might come along for the ride as well on that one. I'll be in Kansas City, but man, that sounds fun. Well, Sarah, you do fantastic work. You've always done fantastic work. It's great to catch up with you again, and thanks so much for your time this afternoon. All right, have a good one, guys. All right, there she goes. Sarah Ellison, co-host of the Ravens Vault Podcast at SG Ellison on Twitter. And finally, finally, what do they say in wrestling? Finally, The Rock has returned. Is that what they say? <laughs> That's come back. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying. I'm not a wrestling dude. Finally, Devin Witherspoon is off the board at number 22. You see see how shocked Sarah was that he still is? She was like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me just clarify that he ain't been taking that y'all didn't make a mistake. That's unbelievable that he lasted all the way to 22. That would be one of those if this happened in real life. We would it, th- there would need to be the scandal. I would be waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, he must uh, he, he must he must be smoking weed on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something had to go wrong because yeah. if he makes it outside of the top ten, to be honest, where like maybe top ten you can see it, right? But that's outside of the top fifteen. It will no. Come on, there can't be this many corners that you think are better than him. Well, no, but I mean, again, it's just how things shake out. Sometimes you know, certain certain people have certain players on their mind and maybe not think about it. Maybe they slip. Maybe a Witherspoon slips their mind because they assume he's already gone. Maybe they just glanced over the board, but. He lasted till 22, so there's that. So finally, Witherspoon comes out of the green room. Finally, he's got that, that sigh of relief, you know, <laughs> that look on his face like, whew, that was a lot longer than expected. I'll be talking to him in the next couple days, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be talking to all the prospects that will be in the green room as I'll be in Kansas City. This show will be generated starting tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about the opportunity to hook you up with a pair of tickets to go see Air. That's the movie with Michael Jordan and uh, Nike and how they came together. You want to go see it. DeMon says it's a thumbs up. You give it two thumbs up? What do you give it? I give it two thumbs up. It's a really good movie. Ben Affleck, he did the thing on this one. Ben Affleck, huh? Yeah, he, he Me and him re- got a little beef. I know. He got your woman. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little beef. We got a little beef. I still want to see it. it it's I good. Still- it's one of those stories where you know how it's going to end. Right. Spoiler alert, right. Jordan <laughs> signs. But it's still like, you know, the, the movietization of, hey, this is how they had to get the deal done. Right. And he didn't want to sign with them. And it was more like all the people. Oh, now you're telling all the story. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> What, no, that he didn't want to sign. Oh, no, because oh, Adidas oh. and Converse were above them. I mean, you know, back in the back in the eighty. Okay, you like, you ain't that old. <laughs> oh, you, you're not I, that old. This is hey, back when you were young. Hey, look, dog. I had a pair of weapons back in the day when I went to St. Mary's basketball camp. I had a pair of the uh, of the Magic Johnson weapons. Man, they were the heaviest oh. shoe. <laughs> Ever. Thought you were compliment. It felt like I had a man on my foot. Right? I, I mean, literally, practice was over. We went back to our dorm, and I went to take them damn shoes off, and I was like, when's practice again? They said about another hour and a half. I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep them on. It's too much effort to take them off. So I slept. I took an hour nap in my shoes because it just took too long to take them off. You know what? It kind of low-key bothers me about these movies about Michael Jordan that he doesn't make appearances in the movies. Like Space Jam 2. I thought he was going to come out at least to show a cameo. For Not on LeBron's Jam. movie. I love. Well, I mean, yeah, but you would think he LeBron's was. LeBron's tagging Jam, his. It's his movie to begin with. It's Jordan's <laughs> movie to begin with. Get Jordan out of here. Well, they well they had a uh, a scene where they said Michael Jordan is coming out, and it was Michael B. Jordan. So they sh- they shocked everybody, and then you have the Air movie. You would think he'd make a cameo too, but he's not making appearances in these movies. So that's kind is of he my- making any money off these movies. Well, that's what I said. They I asked said him about too. It. I mean, he he wasn't even on the he wasn't even on. If the he ain't NBA making no gym. money. I ain't making no cameo neither. <laughs> Here's the thing: you don't even see you don't even see him in the movie. Well, I'm there's just like a stand-in guy, but yeah. like 
besides like a hey how you doing on a handshake yeah they keep him away from the movie really like yeah because ben affleck was like it would be we're not trying to recreate michael jordan because no one can be michael jordan i mean he should have showed up i mean i could have filled in for a quick minute you could have gave me a minimum wage man i just showed up i just saved the head bald actually i might not have got it was, the young, it was young jordan man i mean come on yeah, yeah. i hadn't grown yet <laughs> 354 is the time we're trying to get you a pair of tickets to go see Aaron. now that we spoiled the whole thing and let you know how it all shakes out we still want to hook you up with a pair of tickets and then matt anderson vikings happy hour he'll join us next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.